welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. John said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and glad you're joining me today. Uh, in this podcast episode, I want to discuss a few ways to help soil fertility in ways that are normally exercised in permaculture practices. Um, these are uh, ways that are simulated in nature uh, to create balanced, rich, and, and living soil. And there's quite a few ways that are, are this is done in permaculture. Uh, around here, um, still just plugging away, doing the normal things, taking care of the rabbits and the quail, and, and uh, that's pretty much what we're doing around here. Still making the kombucha, still uh, uh, just doing our regular stuff, but uh, getting ready to take on some new projects for the year, and I'll be talking more about that as time goes. So uh, that's that's what's going on around here, but uh, let's just jump right into our main topic, which is increasing soil fertility through permaculture practices. The first way is using plants to increase soil fertility. Something known as polycultures and guilds are pretty common in, in, the, in the permaculture environment. It's using plants in conjunction with other plants, uh, ones that will benefit one another. You plant a guild or you surround a plant with other beneficial plants. Many of these plants will have nitrogen-fixing properties, and uh, some are, have a fast-decaying root system that will put a lot of organic material into the ground, and this invites good microbiology and, and organisms into the into the area to, to eat that. I mean, you're going to get a lot of more worm activity. You're going to get a lot of microbiology when this happens. So uh, something that's uh, probably most commonly used is, is legumes for fixing nitrogen. These get a, a nitrogen module uh, on the roots, and then when you um, you don't ever remove the plant, you can chop it and leave the root system in the ground, and it'll release that nitrogen back in to the ground, and uh, can be can benefit other plants. So, uh, yeah, using plants to increase soil fertility is a great practice. Uh, also, using plants in a in a chop and drop method to increase soil fertility. Uh, this put nutri- this puts nutrients on on the topsoil. It creates an environment for worms and beneficial insects. Mostly because it, it, it gives a cover, and as you're dropping it back down, it gives a thick mulch bed in some ways, and, and of course the soil stays moisture, uh, shaded, it doesn't dry out, and it creates a, a, an environment for a thriving microbiology. Again, inviting earthworms and, and, and other uh, uh, small insects and a lot of good microbiology. So it works really well. Comfrey is, is a real common a plant for this doing chop and drop but really everything i mean if you're pruning trees you can chop those up if you're just cutting the leaves off of anything uh, you can absolutely just chop and drop and in that area and it will put some nutrients as those things decay and break down back into the soil the reason that comfrey is such a, a great plant for this is because it's called an, a dynamic a dynamic accumulator and there are other plants that are dynamic accumulators actually dandelion is a dynamic accumulator and anything with a really deep taproot system that's going to pull nutrients up into its uh up into its leaves is going to be is going to pull those nutrients and, and in a dynamic way and as you chop those leaves all those um 
nutrients are then re-released into the ground on the top versus being down deep in the soil where they were originally trapped. So you're just basically, you know, using those plants to do that. So again, comfrey, that's the reason comfrey is so good. And that's why you have others like dandelion with a deep taproot. And there's, there's many others uh, that work really well like this, but those are just two of the common ones. Of course, using livestock to increase soil fertility is a common practice uh, well, with all farmers and uh, with uh, homesteaders in general, but it's a very common permaculture practice. Um, rotational grazing is what we think about when we think about that. Uh, moving area, animals through an area uh, to, of course, eat the eat what's there and then drop their waste on the ground, which, of course, creates uh, a high nitrogen environment uh, and increases soil fertility. Uh, something maybe the common homesteader don't think about as much, but in home in, but in permaculture it's pretty common practice, and it's using swells and ponds to collect nutrients. Now a swell is a is a is a ditch on contour, and it's generally used to slow down the water through a property and soak the water into a property to be more benefit for that area. But a kind of a side product of that is that it collects a lot of the nutrients from the topsoil. And those nutrients will collect in a swell area. It also happens in the runoff of a pond. Uh, the, the soil on the edges of ponds is usually really rich, thick soil. That The water itself is very nutrient-dense. And it just provides a lot of nutrients if you want to collect that and move it elsewhere or plant things right there in that area because of the, of the runoff and collection, the collection of uh, nutrients. Hugel culture is another common uh, practice in permaculture, and that's basically burying logs and, and, and wood in the ground and mounding dirt up over the top of it. And then as those logs decay, they they collect moisture, and of course they're going to put off a, a organic material decay uh, that's going to cre- increase microbiology. So that's what it does. It increases the microbiology, and the decay itself puts nutrients into the ground. And of course the moisture intention is very good for drawing in uh, all kinds of uh, uh, soil biology to, uh, to benefit the area. Another common practice is using biochar. By making biochar from brush and other hard-to-compost organic material, you can improve soil. It enhances the nutrient availability, and it also enables soil to retain nutrients longer. But what is biochar? Maybe you've not heard of that. Basically, it's organic matter that's burned slowly with a restricted flow of oxygen, and then the fire stopped. And when the material reaches the charcoal stage, rather than letting it go to like ash or small little pieces, you leave it in bigger, uh, coarse lumps. And uh, and these lumps are full of, of crevices and holes, which help them serve as life rafts to so- uh, soil microorganisms. They themselves um, don't have any uh, benefit, uh, nutritional benefit to the soil, but they allow... Um, they make a good collection place for microorganisms. And the carbon compounds in charcoal from loose uh, chemical bonds with soluble plant nutrients. And then they're, they don't wash away because they're, they're, they kind of hang on to those porous uh, pieces of biochar. If you use biochar in combination with good organic fertilizers or some of the other practices we're talking about, it dramatically improves plant growth while helping to retain nutrients in the soil. Another common practice is using leaf mold. Leaf mold is a result of letting leaves sit and decompose over time. And it turns into a dark brown to black uh, pile with a like a earthy aroma. It's got a crumbly texture, kind of like compost, but it's not really compost. Uh, it's, it is. It's composted leaves, but it, it actually... Um, 
brings in a bunch of organic uh, matter through the mold. Um, and, and leaf mold is essentially a soil conditioner. It increases the water retention of soil. And, uh, you know, I've read of some university studies that the addition of leaf mold can increase water retention in soils by over 50%. So leaf mold improves the soil structure and provides a fantastic habitat for soil life, including earthworms and, of course, beneficial bacteria. Another thing that's a common practice in, in permaculture is using fungus. And you want to invite the right kind of fungus to your soil. And so for feeding uh, fungi, you want the ideal wood chips. And these are obtained from freshly cut smaller branches with the leaves still on them. And that's where most of the nutrients reside, and, and the good fungi I love that. Uh, beneficial fungi are, are certain species of fungi that protect our plants from disease by they they outcompete disease organisms and they create a healthy soil biology and in, and they also offer direct protection to our plants by producing anti-pathogens and uh, they also provide nutrients and water directly to the plants for better plant health so having uh, uh, the, the proper kind of fungus and and good in your soil is very beneficial but you want to invite that through a wood mulch a proper wood mulch you want to use a, a a wood mulch that's alive in other words not a dead mulch um so like i said freshly cut branches that have life still in them will invite the right kind of fungus uh Compost tea is a very common practice in permaculture. Uh, I generally do this with comfrey leaves. Uh, you create a tea by soaking comfrey leaves, and you can aerate it to speed up the process. And it, basically, these, these leaves rot in water. And then you pour that over uh, the soil, and it creates a great uh, environment for microorganisms, and it provides a lot of nutrients to the soil. Uh, you can do this with manure tea. Uh, another kind of compost tea is known as manure tea, where you basically soak manure in water and then pour that over the ground. That's a little stinkier, although the, the, the comfrey can get pretty smelly as well. So um, it, is a, it is something that isn't exactly a real clean process. I mean, it's a, it's a nasty-smelling thing, but it's very beneficial uh, to the, uh, the soil. Vermicompost is something I've talked to before. did a podcast recently about that, and it, too, is a very... Uh, beneficial practice for soil and that's composting with worms taking them worm castings and then just kind of working it with your hands into the soil right into the top layers of the soil letting water kind of push it down into the soil uh, very beneficial nothing really boosts a plant like vermicomposting uh, putting some worm castings around a plant very very beneficial i like to use it uh, every year i i take some of my heavier feeding plants like tomatoes and peppers and things like that and i give them uh, some worm castings and they just they just explode with uh, production when I do that so very good practices there uh, a few things that do very well uh, through permaculture practices and we've talked a lot about permaculture and uh, these are just some of the benefits these are some other things that you do in permaculture that are just an added addition to um, your soil to your garden and using all things in conjunction with one another to benefit one another so there's some of the more common practices so I hope that gave you some ideas and you got some benefit from that. And maybe you'll take on, uh, maybe you'll start doing some of those uh, practices on your homestead and uh, have a even better organic garden. Um, uh, thanks for joining me. Remember, folks, homestead today for a better tomorrow. God bless.